Hello again, this is our way of success. Welcome to this podcast in which I will continue summarizing and commenting chapter 3 from the book A Mindful Numbers by Barbara Oakley. But before, thanks to my dearest listener, Asimakis Giar, who says, I try to interpret the questions based on my un- on my understanding. I'm open for discussion nonetheless. 1. Diffuse mode is the state of creative and big picture approach of the problem. When you let your brain wander and not thinking directly about the problem solution, you, but focus on the forest, you're in diffuse mode. Hence, diffuse mode is not daydreaming. It's part of the learning and solving procedure. Relative to this question, question one of the chapter before, when I said daydreaming, I meant absolutely being absolutely absent. I get like lagged. I didn't mean fantasize, just being intensively distracted. 2. The constant thinking of a problem relates with the food focus mode being activated, and the diffuse mode is blocked. When your mind fails, fails finding what it takes to solve a problem, a smaller or larger break will benefit it. 3. Often, in chemical engineering as well in other science subjects, it's common way of learning procedure for things to be taught on their general from form and not be examples. Hence, when the simplest form of one particular problem is asked, I, I have been in the situation not realizing the simplicity of a problem and proceed solving it, based on the general solution that with some adaptations can lead to the solutions anyway. Nevertheless, these adaptations aren't always so obvious mathematically speaking at least. 4. When you adjust your flashlight so that can have far less clear vision in the forest, this is equivalent to the fuse mode of thinking. When you adjust your flashlight so you have near but more clear vision, the tree, this is equivalent to the focus mode. 5. Procrastination is an unsafe way of keeping yourself on your toes. It's rather good planning the spending of your errands. Procrastinating solving your problems has the risk of failing to complete a task in time. However, in order to try and finish the task after delaying it, forces you to think, ability and speed to increase in order to complete the task in time. Thanks, Asimakis, for sharing these, your opinions, and I encourage other people to do the same. This book is amazing. I can't wait to see what expects us in Chapter 3. If you didn't hear Chapter 1 or 2, you missed a great story of superation and an awesome explanation on our Two ways of thinking, focus mode and diffuse mode. 
These two ways of thinking are related to the famous Pomodoro technique. No problem if you don't know what this is. If you're listening this from a podcast app, you can go to YouTube and watch my video on the Pomodoro technique. If you're watching this from YouTube, I put a playlist in which the video appears at the end of this video. You can use YouTube to leave a comment that I will include in the next podcast or you can use Anchor to let me a voice message that I will also include. Chapter 3. Learning is creating. Lessons from Thomas Edison's Frying Pan. Oakley starts a new chapter again with a catchy title, but summarizing the teachings of this new chapter, I'll be applying a previous teaching. Read ahead. What gets your attention? Looking at the titans, we find shifting between the focus and diffuse mode. Creativity is about harnessing and extending your abilities. Working back and forth between modes to master material. Use these diffuse mode tools as reward after firm focused mode work. Don't worry about keeping up with the intellectual genesis. Avoid estelum, getting stuck. Alternating focus and diffuse thinking. What to do when you're really stumped? Failure can be a great teacher. Introduction to working and long-term memory. Advice on sleeping. The importance of sleeping in learning. A method for many disciplines. You can also find in this chapter curious images of Thomas Alva Edison and Dali. Several sections called Now You Try, a quick summary, another pause and recall section, and then enhance your learning section. Back to the beginning. Oakley starts the chapter with Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison may be a controversial character in science, but we can't deny he was one of the most prolific and creative inventors in history. Even when his love burned to the ground, he was sketching how to create a better one. Barbara Oakley reveals us that his phenomenal creativity relates to his unusual tricks for shifting his modes of thinking. Shifting between the focus and diffuse modes. This happens naturally if you distract yourself and then allow a short period of time to pass. You can go for a walk, take a nap, go to the gym, listening to music. You may think, I don't have time for that. But once you are distracted from the problem at hand, the diffuse mode has access and can begin thinking about in its big picture way to settle a solution. You'll understand the quote if you have seen the chapter before. If you spend all your time on focus mode, you won't be able to solve problems that require creativity, and surely you'll end up suffering from burnout. 
creativity expert Howard Gruber has suggested that one of the three P's usually do the trick. These are bed, bath, and bus. These all have in common that are solo activities. Solitude, especially accompanied with walks, help writers like Jane Austen, Carl Sandberg, and Charles Dickens. I want to point out that you shouldn't press the snooze buttons in your naps for it may make you fall into the trap of a sleep inertia. So to avoid this, don't take naps longer than 20 minutes. After your break, when you return to the problem at hand, you will often be surprised at how the solution pops out. This could be called the Eureka mode. There's a common belief that the only creative people are painters, writers, artists for that matter, but science and maths are full of puzzles that require a lot of creativity. That disconnected feeling one experience after waking up from sleep was its belief, part of the magic behind Edison's marvelous creativity. When he had a difficulty on a problem, according to the legend, instead of focusing in strongly in it, Edison took a nap. But he didn't so while sitting, holding a bow in his hands above a plate on the floor. This was, as he relaxed, entered the diffuse mode, since the clutter woke him so he could remain the fragments of his diffuse mode thinking to create new approaches. Dali used the same method and called it sleeping without sleeping. Creativity is about harnessing and extending your abilities. Many people think there's only one way to resolve a mathematical or scientific problem, but there are often several solutions. For example, there are more than 300 different known proofs of the Pythagorean theorem. Creativity is more than simply having a set of, of scientific or artistic abilities. This leads to the belief that you are not creative. You also need to understand how to your mind works. Oakley offers us a new now you try to practice. Read the following sentence, which is in the YouTube version description and the description of the podcast, and identify how many errors it contains. The sentence is, this sentence contains three errors. I know the solution. Comment on YouTube or send a voice message on Anchor if you have the answer. Walking back and forth between modes to master a material. Making mistakes is good. We learn more than from success. Note that you're progressing with each mistake you catch when trying to solve a problem. As Thomas L. Alba Edison said, I have not failed, 
I just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Pomodoro technique takes advantage of the switching method. Use these diffuse mode tools as rewards after firm focus mode work. Go to the gym, play a sport like soccer or basketball, jog, walk or swim, dance, go for a drive, draw or paint, take a bath or a shower, listen to music, play songs you know well on a musical instrument, meditate, practice mindfulness or pray, take a nap, read something you like, surf the wave, surf the wave, use briefly, play video games, use briefly as well. Some students who are beginning to struggle in math and science often look at others that seem intellectual racehorse and tell themselves they have to keep up. As a result, they don't give themselves the necessary time. Personally, I have to point out that envy can be used as a non-damaging self-improvement tool if managed correctly. Work harder and smarter, and you will outwork everyone. Barbara Oakley advised us to take a step back and look without any kind at our, our strengths and weaknesses. Plan according to this. Train arrange your schedule to give yourself the time to focus on the more difficult materials. Avoid Einstellung, getting stuck. When accepting the first idea that comes to mind, when you're working on an assignment or test problem, can prevent you from finding a better solution. Chess players who experience Einstellung truly believe they are scanning the board for a different solution, but careful study of where their eyes are moving shows that they are keeping their focus on the original solution. Blink. According to a research recently done when the book was published, blinking is a vital activity that provides another means of reevaluating the solution. This mini pause seems to provide a momentary time of diffuse mode. Deliberately closing our eyes eliminates unnecessary stimuli. At this point, you surely have cracked Magnus Carlsen's strategy. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to chapter 2. Alternating focus and diffuse thinking. Working on the focus mode is like providing the bricks to construct a wall, while working on the diffuse mode is like gradually joining the bricks together while with mortar. Another great symbol of Barbara Oakley. So be patient and don't rush. If procrastination is an issue for you, it will be critical to learn some of the upcoming neural tricks to effectively address it.
observe yourself. Frustration before a tough problem is a sign that you should take a break. What to do when you're really stumped? This phrase surprised me. People with a strong self-control can have the most difficulty in getting themselves to turn off their focus mode so that the diffuse mode can begin its work. When you're generally stuck, getting insight from your classmates, peers or the instructor is good, but you must have in count that you find first have to wrestle with the problem before you ask or look at the solution book. Otherwise, you'll confuse recognition with learning. I'll talk more in detail what's the difference on my YouTube channel. Introduction to working and long-term memory. Working memory, it's the part of memory that has to do with what you're immediately and consciously processing in your mind. Generally, you can hold about four items in your working memory. When you master a technique or concept in math or science, it occupies less space on your working memory. This frees your mental thinking space so that it can more easily grapple with other ideas. This reminds me of the mental attic of Sherlock Holmes, explained in depth on the next book I'll cover. It takes time to move information from working memory to long-term memory, which may be thought of a storage warehouse or Sherlock Holmes attic. For helping you in this process, there's a technique called space repetition, another idea for a video of mine. The importance of sleeping in learning. I already made a YouTube video on the subject, more information there. You may be surprised to learn that simply being awake creates toxins in your brain. Scientists still don't fully understand why humans, animals for the matter, need to sleep. Sleep is like house cleaning and too little sleep is affiliated with conditions and brain ranging from Alzheimer's to depression. Prolonged sleep deprivation is less than. Also, somehow consolidates your memories. Even if the title of this book has to do with math and science, you probably have already noticed that these methods apply to all ways of learning. Now, give yourself a pause to recall what you have learned. It's okay if you don't remember all. It's a skill you can train. It's time for the Enhance Your Learning section. 1. Name some activities you would find helpful for switching from focus to diffuse mode. Napping for me is not an option. In my case, that would be writing on my diary or coloring a mandala, if I have a little more time. 
but I usually take a five-minute walk listening to music on the corridor of my apartment. This after 30 minutes of walk. 2. Sometimes you can feel certain you have explored new approaches to analyzing a problem when you actually haven't. What you could do to become more actively aware of your thinking process to keep yourself open to other possibilities? Should you always keep yourself open to new possibilities? This is a tricky one, but I'm third certain that stepping back from the problem helps, giving yourself a rest. Also, I know the technique of the Socratic questions. There are six types. Clarifying thinking and understanding. Can you give me an example? Challenging assumptions. Is that always the case? How could you verify or disprove that? Examining evidence and rationally. How do I know? Why? Considering alternative perspective. Are there any alternatives? What is the other side of the argument? Considering implications and consequences. What if I am wrong? What does our experience tell us will happen? Meta questions. What is the point of the question? What else might I ask? These are very general examples of Socratic questions, but because this generality can be applied to many aspects or fields of our life. Should you always keep yourself open to new possibilities? Being an open-minded person is a very good personality characteristic, but it has its downsides. You may be so open that you believe everything and you don't follow really your personality, therefore you don't have your own opinion. So check and contrast the information you have. 3. Why is it important to use self-control to make yourself stop doing something? Can you think of times outside studying and academics when this skill might be also important? What first comes to my mind is smoking and drinking, but many people that smoke or drink aren't even aware of the fact that these behaviors aren't healthy and cost a lot of money. So first step to be aware not just knowing is to have self-control and take a step back. 4. When you are learning new concepts, you want to review the material within a day so the initial change you made in your brain don't fade away. But your mind often comes preoccupied with other matters. It is easy to let several days or more pass before you get around looking at the material. What kind of action plan could you develop to ensure that you review 
important new material in a timely fashion? I set myself due dates. First, I split the task in a smaller ones and I assign them due dates. It is easier to think in short term. Also, I include the space extra just in case I overslept, don't focus enough or similar, and I don't get the task done. Share your answers with the world. Now, neuropsychologist Robert Bilder's advice on creativity. Creativity is a numbers game. The best predictor of how many creative works we produce in our life is the number of works we produce. Dealing with fear. What would you do if you weren't afraid? If you don't like the way it turned out, do it again. Constructive criticism makes us better. Exposure your work with the others. Disagree if you have to. There's a negative correlation between the level of creativity and agreeableness, so those who are the most disagreeable tend to be the most creative. I know that agreeableness isn't a real word, I just I'm just quoting. What are your thoughts on this chapter? You can comment on YouTube and or send me a voice message via Anchor and it will be appear on the next podcast. If this helped you, consider share the video or podcast. Not only will be helping me, you will be helping others. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel on our way to success being to a number. See you in two days.